Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting their own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share The Void with somebody else who might also be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach, and just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So, if you see somebody asking questions or, or in, inquiring about starting their own company, please do us a favor and drop them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitch, buddy. What's David, up? David, buddy. Buddy. <laughs> It's It's hot. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's been a long, like, half of a week for me. And uh, yet again, I wasn't in a crap-filled ditch today. Two for two last two weeks. I have a couple of guys in a crap-filled ditch, but I'm not on that job. (laughs) Thank goodness. How'd you dodge that bullet? I just... You said, hey, motherfuckers, I ain't going. They they set it up. (laughs) They're doing it. I'm... Oh, okay. I'm not. I'm not a part of that. Okay. One, so. See, I thought it was before. It was like if a guy sold one, then you went out and helped that guy while the other guys were still working. You so on the ones with a tight, like a tight timetable. Yeah, I go out and help them because like we only have one day to get it done. Well, this one's like like a 200 foot long line, so they've got like plenty of time to get it done. We blocked out like three days. So, so I don't know exactly how your business works. So a guy has his regular he gets the job he sells that sewer replacement job mm-hmm. okay so he gets his wage plus selling the job fee right so if another guy who doesn't get any of that comes in and helps him mm-hmm. how does he get paid is he so, hourly then for that guy or no. what's the deal there so all of ours are based off of task hours associated to the job so they don't get any they don't get paid anything for going and estimating the job and all of that. They only get paid if they sell the job. And oh, they don't get like, okay, the task hours plus whatever. Yeah, and so they're going to sell it. I'm just going to use round numbers. They sell a job and they say it's going to take 40 hours to do it, 40 labor hours, right? Okay. Well, they're paid on those 40 labor hours. So if they do all the work, they get paid on 40 of it. On 40. But if they do 20 and another guy comes in, he gets 22. Yeah. And so what it does is it it's really cool. It creates teamwork amongst the guys because one guy is maybe better at selling the work and another guy may be better at like doing the work. And so one guy will sell the work and then he'll bring in the doer and they split it 50-50. So the doer gets a lot of hours that he doesn't have to sell and he's not very good at selling it. And the seller gets a lot of hours because he can sell them, but he's maybe not very good at doing them. So they kind of team up and work together that what way. What if you have a, a complete rock star who is... Not only is he a great salesman, but then when it comes to busting out the work, he's the best guy you got to. He's making really, really good money. Yeah, but then does he feel bad that he has to now give half his task hours to this no, Joe no. Blow jank off? No, because they know that like I'll give some task hours away, and sometimes it's not even half. Sometimes it's... Will you let them have all of them if they want them? I, lo- I leave it up to them. You I don't even get, them, I don't even get in the middle of it. Interesting. There's been jobs where a guy, like let's say it's a smaller job and it's a six or an eight hour job, he gets help on the job, but the guys agree that the other, the helper doesn't get any hours. He just owes him a favor in the future. Hmm. It's pretty wild. 
So yeah, see, I'm a real ass. Yeah, <laughs> I would never. Have oh, I've, for I've me. worked. Yeah, I've worked at places before where it's like, hey, do you have this tool? Can you run it over to me? Yeah, it'll cost you two hours. Yeah, you know, like, exactly. Their their pay is hours, and so they yeah. everything they talk about is hours. Yeah, kind of funny. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're a rock star and you're killing it anyway and you need no help from no one, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's a few jerks out there. That was that was me for a year before I hired anybody. I was having to sell everything and install it, and it was all by myself. So we didn't do any excavations, though. You can't do excavations with one person. It's not safe. Mm, shallow. You could do shallow yeah, excavations. Say, yeah, you can. But you can shore your own stuff and get down in the hole and then get no, back. It'll work you to death, but you could do yeah. it. OSHA kind of frowns on... One person being yeah. on a job site with Shorty. You have to have one supervisor. But I'm going to show my anti-OSHA crap right now. <laughs> Fuck those guys. I don't. I don't believe that there shouldn't be someone looking out for safety. Right. But, but when they come, when they give these people these jobs out of college and they've never worked on a job site, a construction job site, oh, and yeah. then they come in and they're writing all these tickets about stuff they they don't even know nothing about. Yeah. That drives me insane. Yeah. Like really. It's there's kind a, of, it's there's kind a of nick in the cord, but it's not actually to the wire. Yeah. And you think you're going to write me a $200 ticket for that? Yeah. How about the rest of us take you out back and we'll, we'll show you what's going on. Two of the guys that I work out with in the morning, they're both safety people for like big corporations around town. And so it's kind of funny. You get the behind the scenes of like how they really feel versus yeah. how they have to. Yeah. Like how they have work. to act. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, look, we don't like being dicks, but we get paid to do it. So yeah, exactly. We're going to do it. Exactly. Yeah. They saw some shoring in the back of my pickup truck the other day and they were like, uh oh, we might need to stop by and make sure you're good. And I'm hey, like, what address? I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm good. Did you say? <laughs> the hey, fact what, that I've got shoring in the back of my yeah. truck says I'm good. Yeah, Mitch, what, uh, what job are you going to? Yeah. Uh, 2300 Independence Avenue. One of them works for... It's in Sibley. Just... <laughs> one of them works for Evergy. Oh, really? And Those guys. I had to call him up the other day because we hit an unmarked power line. Boom. And I needed... He's in charge of safety, right? So yeah. I'm like, hey, how's this play out? Like, I mean, it was... Dude, those those non-marked lines are horse crap. They're getting better now. Yeah. Like so, when you get low, so you used to get locates. Like yeah. in our area, USIC would come out and they they had three days. Mm-hmm. Well, now you don't even get the three days. It's just at whatever leisure they feel like it. So you could call in locates and it could literally be two weeks right now. Well, for us, everything we do is usually under an emergency heading. They're without service, even and so when they have s- two hours. Even when you stamp that, they don't always show up. No. Have, have you noticed now that they're going to this? So. Like Integrity Solutions does part of it, mm-hmm. USIC does part of it. Yep. This the city does part of it. Does, and none of them know anything. Nope. And they come out, dude. We hit one. Um, this has been like two weeks ago. We were putting in a sewer. I was helping Harvey out, and literally, it was a completely unmarked power that was going out to a sign that lit up for a subdivision. Right. Completely unmarked. Yeah. Well, the guy shows so. We just see, I mean, we break it. We don't call anybody. It's power. It's to a, just a sign only. We safely pull it all out of the way. You right. know, no big deal. Someone will show up. Yeah. Well, IPL shows up out there. And the guy says, hey, you know, we got power. I'm like, yeah, dude, we hit it. It's right here. So he just goes over to the transformer. He's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's blowing the deal, blah, blah, blah. He's, but he's worried, you know, that someone's going to come out. So we well, we called um, the locate number and said, hey, we have an unmarked. Well, mm-hmm. So after IPL's there, this guy shows up, 
And he's like, hey, what's going on? This is the guy that marked it out originally. He literally gets red paint out of his. Yeah, they start they, marking it after the think, fact. No, he was going to. And the IPL guy comes over there. He's like, hey. He nah. said, white paint is for mismarked stuff. Yeah. Like, so, you know, the five years ago, if you hit something and IPL or Evergy or somebody had to come out, dude, they were up your ass. Yeah. And now I think they finally realized that yeah. these guys aren't locating anything that they're supposed to be locating. Yeah. They're missing stuff. They're not – like literally on the locators now, like on a Vivax, all you have to do is turn it on to power mode and literally walk around, and it will take you right to it. You don't have to hook up or nothing. Right. And they're so lazy, yeah. they won't even do that anymore. Yeah. So I think they finally realized, okay – we got to figure something out here. So they've been, I think they've been breaking it off in their ass so we, on mismarked stuff. We, most of our stuff's emergency because, you know, customers are without sewer or water service. So they get two hours. Um, we usually don't like dig at the two hour mark, right? Like we'll, we're out there today looking at something. We're going to be out here first thing in the morning digging. Yeah. Right. So we'll call it in for an emergency and they'll ask what time we're starting <clears> to dig. It'll be 8 a.m. Undoubtedly, we get out of there at 8 a.m. They're there at 8 a.m. No, it's like they're they're not there. So we, then we call in for a non-response, and then they have another two hours. But then after that two hours, you can dig away, and any damage yeah. to anything is on them. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of our protocol. Start calling in the two hour and being like, "No, we're staying tonight. We'll, yeah. and we're starting at 7 p.m. tonight." Yeah, that's that's what we that's what we're gonna do whenever. Most of the time, like when you've done it long enough, you know where stuff is. Yeah. Va- like you know it's in this general area. You don't know exactly where it is. Yeah. So if we have a feeling there's big stuff nearby, then we'll take a different stance. But if we're like, eh, it's pretty much like we just need him to show us where the water line's at or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Then that's a little bit different. Fiber optics, the one that gets you. Because they don't. Yeah. Like half the time it's not on maps. Like if they put in a tower or something. And it, no one gets any maps, and they don't know where to go. Yeah. Then you're in deep shit. Well, but, like, but those guys that are located don't know it either. We were doing one just a couple of weeks ago, and it's a newly installed fiber line, and it's in four inch conduit. It's a big fiber. At line. least it was in conduit. Yeah. They just started putting that stuff in conduit. Yeah. Well, not a few years ago. Um, around here anyway. The guy that I was digging with, he wasn't too familiar with it, and I'm super comfortable digging around everything. And so we dig down and we find it, and then I'm digging beside it. And I would bump the conduit left and right and stuff. He's, and bare, he's all he's freaking, freaking out. out. And I'm like, dude, all we're doing right now is pixelating somebody's Netflix. It's totally yeah. fine. <laughs> it's like when you so like you get a four inch gas line exposed and the bucket will flex it like yep. a foot and the new guy's like, No oh, he's freaking yeah. out. Like, no, dude, it's it's fine. Yeah. And then you they, show they can him, move a little. You show him later and it's like Hey, so if we cut this in half, it's yeah. literally five eighths of an inch thick. Yeah, it's, it's gonna it's be okay. Crazy thick. It's gonna yeah. be okay, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Don't panic. So. Ah. All right. Sidetrack. Yep. That's okay. Yep. I spent most of my day in a truck today, like running service calls. I haven't done that in a while. Mm. Yeah. It's fun. A lot of fun. Was it? Yeah. I was outside yeah. in the sun all day. No, I, was, I was enjoying it. I'm exhausted. Yeah, I was in and out like Eh, I probably spent 50% of my day in air conditioning and 50% of my day in the back of the truck. And then... Fucking 98 today. Here's here's the odds, right? 96. I don't know what it was. I'm out in Lee Summit, which for those that don't know, I don't know, it's 10, 15 miles from here, and replacing somebody's garbage disposal. Danielle uh, had to go run some equipment to our guys that are on that dig job. Oh, yeah. She told me about it downstairs. Oh, just so... Oh. 
I just had a hell of a day today. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, what? I was like, what, did you work outside all day? She's like, no. Got a flat. She's like, I got a flat. Some... And I had to have it fixed. I'm like, yeah. I, I asked her, I said, did you change it yourself? Well, no. Like, well, what the fuck was the problem? <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. So, yeah. Why was it so difficult? Some semi hits the median and, like, blows debris all over the other side of the highway. And she ran over the debris and, like, destroyed her tire. So she's only, like, six minutes from the job that I'm on. And so um, I'm like, as soon as I wrap up here, I'll head, head your way. And she's like, well, we've got roadside assistance. So I called roadside. And I'm like... Now it's a challenge, right? Like, I'll be roadside there. <laughs> so, sure enough, as I'm tightening the lug nuts on the spare tire, roadside pulls up. Here he is. He's like, you guys good? I'm like, yep. He goes, all right, we'll see ya. I let the car down off the jack. Fucking spare tire's flat. <laughs> so, First off, what's rule number one when you pull a spare tire off? I didn't, so... Thump it and check it's flat. Here's the, you know damn well that's rule number one. It is, it is. If I called your dad right now and told I him, he'd sh- be like, hey, Mitch should know better than that. I showed <laughs> up. She already had the spare tire out. She had the jack out. She had everything, like, just sitting there waiting. Now, is she going to change her own tire? No. no. I wouldn't want her putting a jack under a car, to be honest with you. So... <laughs> That's, I mean, I'm not, that's nothing bad against her. It's just what guy would willingly be okay with their wife jacking I'm up a car. I'm fine with it. Babe, get under there and get after it. I don't. She would put that jack straight under the gas tank and wonder why the car is not lifting up. There's a... <laughs> yeah, bro. It smells funny down here. Yeah. Uh, gas. Yeah. Now it's leaking. <laughs> so. She would use like a cross piece to try to like lift it up. Right. Oh man. So, so, uh, so when you put it on the front and you're on the A arm and the wheels going up with the cars and all like... I got a bicycle <laughs> pump in my plumbing van. I just pumped that son of a gun up with my bike pump. It was just flat, flat? Yeah, it wasn't popped. It's just nine years her car's a two thousand thirteen, so it's nine years old just and lost the spare's never that. been used and it's just lost low on the air. Seal on that bead, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so but uh oh the smedley household yeah it's a riot you know i did i put brand new tires on her car like three weeks ago so i mean it makes sense that she'd get a blowout so did you get the road hazard when oh, you yeah. bought them yeah oh, so free tires it's free it's just a big inconvenience on a busy you know, day if you get that i didn't know this so if you have an all-wheel drive vehicle and you get that and you get a hole in one they have to replace all of them yeah if it's they because they janine's like a is all-wheel tolerance. drive yeah he's yeah. like he's like dude if you get it you know, I look, I hate the salesman crap, but I was like, all right, what is it? He's like, yeah. it's like $28. Sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pay the $28. Tires ain't cheap. <laughs> I'll pay you the $28. Yep. Uh, so. All right. So today's topic. What now, are you talking about, Now that about, we're like Mitch? a good 10 or 15 minutes into this. That's plus 10, I whatever that number is. My bad. Um, we got to get a clock in here. We are talking... I'll get a work-life I mean balance. Time clock. Work-life balance. Work-life balance. We are going to talk work-life balance. Austin? Mitch hates the term work-life balance. No, I don't hate it. No, he hates it. Because it... So I made... Let's, let's just fucking be honest right here. I text him. And he's like, hey, what are we going to do if there's a show? So I text him all these ideas, you know? And one's work-life balance. And he... In Mitch's eyes, he thinks it's an excuse for people to be lazy. No, to have work-life balance. Dude, I didn't say that at all. Yeah, he did. He said it earlier. We were talking no, about he, it before. Last last week on the podcast, he threw out the lazy. Yeah, he the did. He, he did. Yeah. He threw it out. And it wasn't, my point isn't that people use work-life balance as an excuse. It's you have to be able to create 
work-life balance in your own life. Yeah. Regardless of whether you can turn off work at home, whether your max is 60 hours and then you're unproductive, unproductive, what did I say? Productive. 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 You have to find out where that balance is for you personally and then be able to handle it when you either have extra or if you have to go over and work more, you have to be able to handle that work-life balance. Yeah. Because if you don't, you'll never be happy whether you're an employee, whether you own your own business, whether you have partners. It, it doesn't matter. You right. have to be able to do that. Yeah, I think the misconception with work life balance is like, okay, my job or wherever I work says I'm off at five, so I'm off at five. It doesn't work like that. Sometimes there's crunch time at work and there's times where I need to be at the hospital with my wife. And so it's like that week is all, you know, personal relationships. Right. So it fluctuates. Right. So for those that are newer to the show, this is Austin. Hey guys. Our newer producer. So I'm not sold on him yet. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Show by show contract. Show he's on show. a show by show contract. Yeah. Yeah. Show show I don't contract. pay him, but that's what he's on. <laughs> I, I, pay, I pay a lease on my money. Dave will account. cut his pay in half to you, <laughs> or he'll double it, depending on how this goes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Both of which will be the exact same. Yeah. Zero. Um, so, yeah. Well, work life balance means something different based off of your career, but it also means something different. When you are an employee versus when you're self-employed. So when you're an employee, uh, work-life balance has to do with your ability to tell your boss no when they are stepping outside the bounds of your scope of work, right? Your scope of your job, your job description. So if your job description is you work eight to five and handle emails and do all this stuff, and then you go home. And fix tires. And yeah, sometimes fix flat tires for your wife. Um, Is that my job description? Um, so it, if, if it might be, yeah, don't say too much. We're going to add shit onto it. You know, if that's your job description, but then your boss starts, you know, at five thirty. Hey, I need you to get to this real quick. We're just overloaded this week. And next thing you know, that becomes a pattern. And then now it's six o'clock, and now it's seven o'clock, and all of that stuff. You know, that's a different work-life balance challenge than when you're self-employed. Um, uh, because when you're self-employed, the constant looming thing over your head is, it is going to take me so many hours of work to get to a certain level. So the more hours I can do earlier, the faster I get to that level. That's, that's what newly self-employed people feel. Yeah, and it's so when you work for someone, you're working for the clock. When you're on your own, you're working against the clock. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. You you are trying to fit as much stuff in as you can when you're on your own. Okay? It doesn't matter what time it is. You're just you you have to do this work and it has to be in this time. Yeah. When you're an employee, you're like I'm getting paid by the hour. I'm doing this work and then I'm going home. Yeah. And there's what I, where I think a lot of the problem lies is with bosses and bad bosses and bad managers that take advantage of their employees. Mm -hmm. They have a hard time. And we talk about this on the show a lot. They have a hard time realizing those people do not 
necessarily directly benefit from the company doing more work. Right. Okay. A good employee is going to do their part all the time. Right. But when you start taking advantage of those employees, that work-life balance is messed up for them. Right. You know what I mean? When there's no direct compensation for that. When you're on your own, there is direct compensation. You know what I mean? You're on your own. It's your business. Every extra minute you pour into it is a direct benefit to you. Whether it's – you may not be getting – you may not – at the end of the day, you may not be getting an extra $100, but down the road, your business growth benefits you. Does that make sense? Yeah, so what you're talking about, I was literally just writing this down. Um, when you're working for somebody else, it's a very direct result, right? Uh, if you're working outside of your normal scope, for, for well, if you're working outside of your normal scope and you're not getting compensated for it, that's a conversation you need to have with your boss. Um, if you're a salaried employee and they keep asking you to work all these weird times and they keep asking of you during your time where you should be sectioned off, um, you just need to have a conversation with your boss and say, look, when you from now on, when you reach out to me during those times, I'm going to get back to you during my next shift. Like, that's my time for me. Right? Yeah. And, and, that's how it, and that's how it should work. Yeah. But the problem is, and it, this is an American culture thing also, is you're afraid to lose your job. Yeah. You're afraid that you're not going to advance. You're yeah. afraid that you're not going to. And that creates an issue with your personal work-life balance. Yeah. So okay. Have you and, seen and that? It's, it's very difficult to decide. Okay. You know, and some people are more easily manipulated. You know, and, and managers see that. Oh, hey, I can I can ask Bob, yeah. and Bob will do it every time. Right. Yeah, that, that was me. I think. You the, know what I mean? The it, danger is like when crunch time goes too far. When it's like, okay, I'll stay late this time. Then the next week is like you're. Like 10 minutes late is turning into 20 and 30, and soon you're staying hours beyond your shift. Yeah, and then it's expected. Yeah, then it's expected. Right. Sorry to cut you off. No, you're okay. Have you seen the... You'll see the complaints on that (laughs) thing like I used to get. Have you seen the meme where it's like people in France, when they go on vacation, it'll be like, hey, I'm taking eight weeks off to go on vacation. Uh, I'll get back to you when I return, right? And then people in America, they're like... Hey, I'm taking Friday off to spend some time with my in-laws. Um, you should be able to reach me on my cell, and if you can't on my cell, send me an email. And if you can't yeah. there, then find me on social. Like, like they they refuse yeah. to not be yeah. connected. You know, yeah. They, that's just the American way. Janine's the same way. I mean, her job's a little different because you know it's at a hospital, but literally she'll be off. Yeah, you know we'll be doing whatever, and she'll be getting like. Like her Fitbit's going off. And I, I'm told her, I'm like, I'm going to take that thing from you and I'm going to throw it the fuck away. Right. So like when, you know, I hated that uh, horrible work-life balance setup, that setup where you're kind of never off work, right? So when we started our company, we're eight to five. We don't do, like we'll do emergency work, but it's not my guys running it. It's me. And it's if I choose to. Um, we'll do weekend work, but it's not my guys running it. It's me. And it's if I choose to, right? So most of the time, if somebody calls in during that time, we'll get them scheduled and then we'll tell them our next availability tomorrow and we'll just go out there tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Um, and if it's an emergency, they go to the top of the list. Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, 
yeah. And, and lots of companies, I, I don't know if you guys do this or not, but you know, lots of companies, they will have, uh, this isn't the right term, but they'll have a floater. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we don't book him or her for the first three hours of every day because that's, we know we're going to get calls. That's me. Overnight. So, so you're the floater in the um, morning. Yep. And, and how many times are you actually working? Probably a lot. Yeah. You're going to call late, you know, or do yeah. whatever. And, and we, we bring that specific stuff up because, you know, we're trying to help people start their own businesses. And this is a huge problem area for employee employer relationship. Yeah. Okay. When we talk about how to treat your guys, you know, how to keep rock stars working for you, this is a huge area. Yeah. Because people, when people don't get the family time that they need, they resent their job yeah. right off the bat. It, it doesn't matter if you're paying them 180 grand a year. If they don't get those times where they can just completely disconnect, they are not going to be there forever. Right. It's just that's just reality. If if I was working for somebody and they were paying me 200 grand a year, and I said, "Hey, dude, like Layla plays soccer on Saturdays usually, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday," and I said, "Hey, I will give you everything I got, but these times." are off limits. Right. And they were like, hey, look, you either have to do this or we have to rearrange your pay or we have to do this. I'm giving them the finger and I'm yeah, walking out. I'm out. You know what right. I mean? I don't care. Right. Fuck you. Right. You know, there are limits that have to be set. And when you're having, this goes for employees and employers, when you're having those conversations um, in the interview process or in the hiring process, hey, we're going to take you on. These are your job descriptions. Um, whether it be you or one of your employees, Mitch, I'm sure mm-hmm. you, you know, you sit down and you guys got to hash that stuff out first. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of employers, you know, and they, they complain like why they can't keep good employees. Employers don't sit down and stick and have a good compliment of job description. This is what we expect. This is what we want. And they don't get those employees to sign on to that because they're being very vague. Well, I, th- I think you're close. I think what it is is employers do a really good job during the interview process of saying, oh, we like work-life balance, and here's going to be your shift, and here's going to be this, and then they do the exact opposite in practicality. And that's you're, what I mean. Yeah, you're yeah. on there, you know, six months or, you know, even six weeks or whatever, and now all of a sudden, because <clears throat> the employer is understaffed and they're under hiring and they're trying to produce too much with too small of a staff. So they're asking more and more of their staff. So now, now they're asking for all these extras and all these extras and all these extras. And and it's not what they alluded to during the interview. And so then the person starts looking for other jobs and everything else. And then they leave. And now the employer's going, well, why can't nobody wants to work anymore? We just can't keep good people. And it's like, no, you flat ass lied to them. You told them here was your, you know, your working times. And then right out of the gate, you started pushing the boundaries and pushing the boundaries and pushing the boundaries and you don't respect your employees time. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's why we did like the no evenings and no on call and all of that stuff. And it's not like, Mm -hmm. you know, companies that do on call, they'll usually lie to you about how often you'll be on call. They'll say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, they'll they'll say, based off our current staffing, you're on call once a month or whatever, you know, whatever. They, well, then, sleep, they sneak in the current staffing. Yeah, well, and, and so then three people quit, and now you're on call 
mm-hmm. once every two or three weeks instead of once a month. Mm-hmm. And and the, and then they put it back on the employee, like, well, we got to take care of them. Like, no, you. I look at it like this. My job, my like, I don't look at it like I have customers. My customers are my employees. My employees have customers, and those are the customers of the business. And so it's my job to take care of my customers. That's the employees. And if I do that well enough, then they're going to do really good about taking care of our customers. And so any any decision that they make is just customer-focused, customer-focused, customer-focused. Any decision I make is employee-focused. I don't even have to worry about the customers because I know they're going to take care of them. So I can just focus on the employee. And one of the easiest ways I do that is by doing no on-call. No nights, no weekends, no on-call. And I stick to it. And and I tell the guys flat out, I will never ask you to work a night or a weekend or an on-call. That doesn't mean you can't, right? Like if you're if you're short on money or you're... You're wanting some extra time. You're wanting some extra time or maybe you were off last week a little bit and you're trying to make up for it or whatever. If you want nights, like... The calls come in, we schedule around it, right? Yeah. So we tell them, if you want nights or you want weekends or you want on-call, let us know and we'll see what we can produce. But, you know, like Saturdays and Sunday work, we can we could load up the board Saturday and Sunday if we wanted Saturday to. Saturday for sure. Yeah. You know. And so, um, you know, the guy, and we've had guys do that. But the reason why I've never had somebody quit me is because I stick, yeah, knock on wood, I stick to that. I have never, ever once gone back and said, can you work late tonight? Can you work overtime? Can you work on call? Can you work this weekend? Never, yeah. ever once. And so, as, as an employer, so say you had 10 or 12 guys and you lost two or three. Right. I mean, the, the responsible thing would be to call a meeting yeah. and say, hey, like call a Monday or Friday or whatever meeting and say, hey, look, this is what's happened, okay? We're trying to deal with it. Does anyone want extra call? It, it, are there five or six volunteers that would want to work an extra hour three days a week? Right. Four days a week, one day a week, you know, whatever. But that's not what happens. They just say, hey... You know, they just try to get the guys that they know will fold mm-hmm. and say, hey, we're going to add this to, you know, add this. The responsible thing is to just ask. Yeah. Be open and honest. Yeah. Because I guarantee you, if you had 10, three or four of those guys would say, hey, dude, I could do it. Yeah. Or I'd like to do it. You know, yeah. and if you had to say, hey, you know, if I added, I don't know how you guys do it, but, you know, if I added 10%, right. you know, you may get six guys to go, hey, yeah, right, dude, I'd do it. Right. You know, and being open and honest, first off, the people that can't do it, you know that they can't do it Mm because they didn't volunteer. The people that are willing to do it, there's no resentment there, and they're happy. Everyone's happy. You get everything taken care of. I mean, and I know this isn't the, you know, 10% on either end of, you know, the craziness that happens in the service industry. But, I mean, if you can knock a big chunk out of that, that helps your reputation as an employer. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about all the time these guys, oh, I can't find anybody to work. I can't do this. I can't do that. You know what? It's probably you a lot of the time. Yeah. This would be a great example to, you know, if someone did move on, hey, I used to work for this company, man, this is how they did it. Yeah. And so, I mean, you're hitting on another great thing. Like yesterday I had, 
I mean, it was over the course of four or five hours, a texting conversation with another plumber here in the area that wants to come work for us. He's got tons of experience. He's really good. And he's heard nothing but great things about us. Our guys talk nothing but great things about us. And it's, it's proof that when you set the expectation and you deliver and you never go back on your word, the right people show up at your doorstep, right? Like I won't, like he'll probably be the next guy we hire and I don't have to go looking. And I'm never in that boat of saying, Oh, good people are hard to find. It's because my focus is on taking care of the people instead of like profit. Yeah. So, and what I think is crazy is, and this is a problem in this country too, the fact that people aren't just upfront and honest with each other about mm-hmm. their financial situation, their spiritual situation, however, you know, their work relationship. If you're upfront and honest as an employee or an employer and you're not trying to screw somebody either way, mm-hmm. you know, in that relationship, it works out better for you in the long run every time. Right. All you have to do is say, hey, man, I you know, this was a big thing when I was coming up. There would be so many jobs that you would be done at 2.30 and it'd be 100 degrees out and you'd want to go home. I mean, mm-hmm. you're flat wore out, yep. but you wouldn't do that. Right. You'd just go on to the next. But if I, I think back, if I was just honest and said, dude, I'm not doing that. Right. Right. You know, it's not going to happen. I, I would have been happier. All you have to do sometimes is just be honest yeah. with the person you're dealing with. Right. No matter what the situation is. Are there going to be hurt feelings sometimes? Yeah. Are people going to be disappointed? Yeah. Is it going to be better for everyone in the long run? Yeah. Yeah. So just just make the hard choice and just do it right now. What happens when you don't and you're not honest and, and things drag on? It creates animosity. Yeah. What? Oh, man. I'm and gonna... it will just... I mean... This has happened to you? Yeah. Like, it, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it... Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it... Um, I, not to put the, you on the spot, but... No, what's the quote? There's a... Um, uh, improperly communed expectations is nothing more than planned resentment. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So if you don't do a good job of communicating up front, you, you're, you know you're going to resent that person or that situation in the future. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, that's a good quote. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I, I can't remember where I heard it, but it's not mine. I just, I just heard it somewhere. But, I mean, it's like, yeah, that's, I mean, it's very, very clear way to put it. Um, so one of the things too, that I want to, I want to make sure we circle back to when you're working for somebody else, the, the extra time, whether you're getting paid for it or not, whether it's part of the deal or part or not. It is very direct, right? A lot of times you're hourly or or whatever. And so you're, let's say you're hourly. You're working three more hours, that's three more hours of pay. You're working three more hours, that's three more hours of pay. It's not exponential. When you make the switch and you are now working for yourself, those extra hours are, the, the results of those extra hours are indeed exponential. And so you'll be, you'll find yourself a little bit more excited to work those extra hours. And what I mean by that is I'm just going to use round numbers. Um, if a business needs $10,000 a month to cover its expenses, the moment 
it brings in $10,000 a month or $10,000 in that month, all of those expenses are now covered. Okay. So every dollar it brings in after that turns into profit. Okay. Now that's a very high level overview of it, right? So like, let's say you're selling something and that thing costs you a dollar and you sell it for $2. Okay. Yeah. Obviously you, you made a buck. You have to make it a buck, right? So, so now it's every $2 you bring in once you pay for your product. Now that, that extra dollar is pure profit. It doesn't go to covering your nut, covering your monthly expenses. So when, um, when you find, <clears throat> sorry, made you laugh. Yeah, again. Yeah. I was trying to hold it in. I couldn't help it. Uh, so when you're in business for yourself and you've done all of our preparation steps that you can find in episodes one through nine, by the way, shameless plug, um, when you've done all those preparation steps and you really understand what are your monthly expenses, the moment you cover those monthly expenses, everything after that is like pure profit. And so what you'll find is there's two ways to look at this. One is the faster you can get those expenses covered, then the more days remaining in the month are profit days. The other is the moment that those expenses are covered, well, now you're like, hey, hey, I'll work the extra time. I'll work the Saturday. I'll work the late night because it's all profit. And so those results are not direct. Those results are very exponential. You're new into business. You have certain financial goals you want to hit. Speaking from a personal experience, I wanted to pay off my startup costs in three months. I had to the T our monthly operating expenses, but then I also had, you know, projected budgets of like, okay, if we if we do this much revenue, then we're going to we're we're probably gonna have this much profit. And so I had like a revenue target each month. And the moment I hit that revenue target, I would you know, communicate it with my wife and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to work like crazy now. Cause I've got seven days left in the, like I've already hit the target Every, and there's yeah. seven days left in the month. So now everything plus from here on out. Right. Man. So, um, you know, work life balance by definition will change a little bit. Um, and I, I may have even mentioned this quote on the last show that we recorded, but I'm going to mention it again. Um, because it's a really good quote and, um, it, it's revolves around the idea of getting to success. And the, the general goal is to do things we don't want to do as fast as we can so that you can do things that you love to do as long as you can. We right? talked about that in the raising kids episode. Yeah. So this, it, it applies here too. Um, when you're new into business and you're trying to cover your expenses and everything else, it's perfectly okay to do the thing you don't want to do. Work the longer night, work the extra day, work the Saturday or whatever. Do it with the intention of it's doing it as fast as you can so that you can get to a point where now your schedule is stable. You've paid off your expenses or, or whatever. Now your schedule is stabilized. So now you're doing what you want to do, right? Um, I had an, you know, I my plan was I, I knew that if I just stuck with it, I could probably pay off my startup expenses in like five or six months. I had kind of a crazy ass goal to get it paid off in three months. And once I saw that that was possible, I drove like crazy. I mean, just worked and worked and worked and got it done in those three months. And so that was literally living that quote out. Um, it was doing things that I 
had to do as quickly as I could so that I could get to a point where my schedule was more relaxed and what I wanted for my business life longer. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, that's kind of like a little bit about this show of, of the, you know, the work-life balance. So sometimes people start their business because they want to do like you did and they want to grow that business as fast as they can to get it moving as fast as they can so that they can grow the business. Right. Other people do it so that they can get it where they want it to be so that they can be making the money they want so that they can step aside and spend time with their family. Yep. That is a different work-life balance for them than it was for you. Right. You know what I mean? And what we, I wanted to talk about specifically on this show was everyone's work-life balance is different. Yeah. Okay. If you're an employee and you're comfortable being an employee, your work-life balance is, I don't want work to overrun my life so that I can't be with my family. Right. You know, it's easier to have more family time when you work for someone and you're a rock star. It just is. Right. There's more time there. Right. Okay. So you don't be afraid to say, hey, boss, I'm only... I'm only working this, this is what I want to do, this is where I want to be, and communicate that clearly with them so that you can have that work-life balance. If you're more like Mitch and you want to work as hard as you can to grow the business so that later in life it is more successful, how do you do that? Well, so... How do you... How do you... You do that. Everyone needs breaks. Everyone needs that balance. How does Mitch do that? How does he, okay, I'm going to run this thing as hard as I can. I'm going to do everything I can. But then how do you disconnect for those few hours that you do get? Mm -hmm. Everyone gets those hours. You have to have those hours. Mm -hmm. How do you completely disconnect when you take the boys to the Chiefs game? Well, so like... Or take Grant to the skate park. Yeah. So like... I, I did it in, in the three months, and I, I had the plans to grow. Right? You don't you don't necessarily have the plan have to have the plans for growth. Right? You might just want to be self employed and just a one man show doing whatever it is you do, lawn mowing, you know, hairstylist doesn't matter. Um, but being able to set those goals for yourself, like my goal wasn't for business growth. My goal to get those startup expenses paid off was because I felt like those were a burden and I wanted to get out from under that rock or under that burden as fast as possible. Was um, it, but, but it was to grow the business further, correct? Well, it, it was basically just to, to have it on its own two feet. I yeah, guess. it was basically <laughs> to, to get to a debt free business as, pa- as fast as possible. And so, but I didn't have to hire anybody after that. I could have kept our schedule very modest. I could have scheduled myself four days a week. Now that the business didn't have any debt, right? right. Your, your your attitude can change a little bit when your business doesn't have debt. And so when the moment we became a debt-free business, I didn't work nearly, even though I'm still growing the business, I didn't work nearly as many Saturdays. I didn't work, like I haven't worked a Sunday since probably the first four or five months of being in business. So your, and work, so, your work-life balance changed. Yeah. And, and, it, and so your thought of it changed. It, and it was it w- like 
you know, every, it was, I'll do whatever it takes to get the business debt free and pointed in the right direction. And I just, it, it is what it is for a couple of months. But then after that couple of months, once, once we were successful and we got the business debt free and pointed in the right direction, it gave us the freedom to then say like, no, we don't work on Sundays. It's not even like a question. Like, yeah. We don't even answer our phone on Sundays. It, we put it on silent. So, um, like Sundays are our day. Yeah. 100%. And so um the so to to answer your question about how does a guy do that? How do they get to a point where they check out and and they're able to disconnect? You have to for me, you have to know your numbers well enough so that you can set your business up to achieve those numbers without having to work overtime without having to work weekends. If if your business won't make, like if you work 40 hours, 50 hours, you know, let's say, you know, eight to five, eight to six every day, Monday through Friday. If you're doing that and your business still isn't breaking even, you probably need to raise your prices. Yeah, there's a, something you, in, there, in your process is not right. Right, you shouldn't have to work nights and you shouldn't have to work even evenings just to get your business to break even, right? Nights and weekends should be like icing on the cake. It shouldn't be the cake. And if you want to, if you want to do that, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. The reason I bring that up to Mitch is it's all about perspective. Mm-hmm. And everyone's, we have this mindset in our culture right now that whatever everyone else is saying, that's what I should be doing too. The, the answer is you need to make it work for you and your family and your perspective and your goals. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff needs to come together with your spouse or whether you're on your own or, you know, what your partner, whatever, right. So that you can be happy and be successful. Successful is a relative term. You know, yeah. we've talked about it on here. Whatever Mitch's success is, is not going to be the same as my success. Right. Okay. Right. This goes also back to, you know, when we were talking about social media pressures, mm-hmm. you know, don't get sucked into the loop of, oh no, you should be working this and that and blah, blah, blah. And you should be making this. It's all about perspective and it's all about your own reality of what your work quote unquote for those on Spotify, my fingers are up (laughs) what your work life balance should be. Don't be letting other people tell you or dictate to you what that is. Mitch just, I brought that up because I knew Mitch's answer would be a little different. His changed. You know, his work-life balance went from one thing, and he was happy doing that, so that was a good work-life balance for him. After he paid that debt off and took Sundays off, his work-life balance, he was still happy, but it changed again. Yeah. And yeah, so, so it's all about perspective. And a lot of people have this myth, right? Like we, J- Dave was joking around with me over at the beginning of the show. I'm a, I'm a very, very analytical guy. Like, show me the numbers, and I'll, I'll understand things better. A lot of people have, I guess I don't know this to be true. I feel a lot of people have this there myth. There it is. I've changed him <laughs> slowly but surely. He's eroding away my yeah my uh, stability in my thoughts. I'm trying to get empathy into his brain. It's really hard. Um, I feel like a lot of people have this idea that work-life balance is an hours scale. 
And for every hour you work, you should have an hour of life. And I don't agree with that. I don't think that is a legit thing, right? So, like, if you work, uh, well, I hear my analytical side, there's 168 hours in a week, okay? Let's just immediately right off the top throw away 56 of those for sleeping. That's eight hours a day. Right. Yeah, Danielle needs a hundred. Yeah. So, so her hour, her weeks are she only has sixty eight left. She's only yeah. She's got <laughs> she's way way down there. Right. So I work at ten to five. No, no, I'm actually awake from ten to five. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Exactly. I don't. I'm I'm, only awake from 10 I don't to 5. know if I'd even go there. <laughs> but anyway, um, so you got 168 hours in a week. 56 are sleeping. That leaves 112. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm. Gonna, 40 hours for work, let's be honest, most people are probably doing 50 hours a week. Let's be honest, those of us that are successful are probably doing more like 60. Yeah, yeah, and then if you... In our peak run times. Yeah, and then if you have a commute to work on top of that, yeah, that gets lumped, that's not personal time, right? So that, it's not really work either, it's just kind of time lost, Oh man, don't get me. We should we could do an entire episode on lost time. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know that that kind of falls out of it too, and so then you end up with this scale of okay, you have 112 hours left. Let's say I'm working 60 of it, right? So that's uh, already I'm working more than I'm living, and then you got to commute on top of that, which is lost time. So it doesn't really account to either, but it just takes it right off the top. So now your living side goes down even more. Um, you know, I think that's what a lot of people perceive when they say work-life balance. They think it's the scale of hours on the work side and hours on the life side, and they have to balance out. And I think that's also why people like so desperately look forward to vacations. Like they, they act like the vacation is a solution for something, right? They, they're, they're so desperate in need of a vacation, and it's because they're they're they have this lopsided view of work life balance. And so before the show, we were talking, and Dave, I I like your philosophy much better. I just don't know if it's the general public's philosophy. So you were talking about what was I talking about? You were talking about the the quality of your work life, balancing the quality of your work life versus the quality of your your private life, your personal life, and so it's it's a quality scale instead yeah. of an hours scale. And and I I'm that way. I was not when I was working for somebody else. I was not that way. For me, it was hours and time at work versus time at home and all yeah. of this stuff. And now it, I've evolved into a quality of life scale. And so quality of life changes things greatly, right? Like we've all worked for shitty employers that we wouldn't really like we had to work 40 hours a week at, but we didn't even really Yeah, like do if that. you saw them today, you'd punch them in the face. Yeah. Yeah. 
But we've also worked for amazing employers where it's like 40, I'll work 60 for you. Like I enjoy this, right? Well, that immediately tips that. I don't know if I've ever worked for anyone where I felt like that. (laughs) Well, if you're making crazy money and you're enjoying what you do and. Crazy money does not antiquate. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. So. And, and enjoying what you do. Yes. So. You um, know, and I, I know people right now, like if people are listening to the show and they're like, these guys are so full of shit. I would say, you know what helped me personally when I was younger, mm-hmm. and I would get like mad about, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to be working this, and I don't want to be working that. What helped me a lot was trying to have fun at work. Yeah. With the other guys that were at my level. Yeah. And I know this is a business show, but if you're looking, you know, we've, I don't remember what episode it is. We talk about, you know, whether you're actually ready to have your own business or whether it's going to be a while and you need to stay at work. Right. I like to try to talk to those guys that are going to be stuck there for a while or that are, Hey, I think I, I don't want to be in business for myself, but you know, I like the podcast. Try to have fun with the guys at work that are on your level. Yeah. You know, if, if you have to go out of your way and start a softball team, if you have to have a poker night once a month, yeah. if you have to, during work, um, scam your boss into buying lunch for all the guys. Scam. Or, hey, dude, you got to do what you got to do. I'm just... Shouldn't have to scam him. Your boss should be eager to buy you lunch. First off, your boss could be a complete shithead, yeah. all right? And no one wants to work there, but you're stuck because the money's good, Okay. Uh, that's a reality for a lot of guys that are doing the, that are working hard out there. Side note, literally every day around lunchtime, I'll pull up our schedule and I'll find out if anybody's close to me to see if I can buy them lunch. You know how many times Mitch has called me and asked me if I wanted to go to lunch? Fucking zero. You're not on our schedule. Yeah. And I'm fucking (laughs) over here working for free. (laughs) But I mean, you know, that goes to my point, you know, Get you Chick Fil A. Get those. Get those. I didn't get any of that. I offered. Uh, I offered. I had already. I had already eaten dinner, so he offered. Um, Not everybody eats at the Golden Corral at 4 a.m. First off, I love. First off, I love me some Golden (laughs) Corral. I'm white trash as shit. And his dinner is alcohol. Yeah. Haven't anything, guys. But first off, I had homemade. Every can. I made had homemade bean and ham soup and a chicken salad before I came over. My wife cooked good yesterday, so I ate a big lunch. Today, what was I so talking I about? You guys are distracting me. <laughs> I made some oh, making having fun at work. Yeah, you know, try to have fun at work. If you need to take the reins and organize something for other guys, do it. And if you do that, and your managers see that, you could get promoted. Or they could say, "Hey, we're going to foot get the crazy bill." Jealous. Or they could, and they could fire your ass. Yeah. You yep. know what, though? You won't have a problem getting a job somewhere else. Nope. Because Guaranteed. you're a go-getter. Yep. All right? So, you know, try to do something at your at your company and say, hey, yeah. guys, we got to we gotta shake it up here. It's boring. No one wants to work. It's awful. Yep. You know, tr- try to change the culture within your company, even if it's not, quote, unquote, your company. You still work there. Yeah. That's, you know? that's good leadership, and leadership is found at every level of any company. That's right. So... Um, the, the biggest thing to take away from a show like this one is that work-life balance is subjective and it's different for every single person listening to this show. But Dave's got the right philosophy in that it is a quality of work life compared to a quality of private life. So 
Um, once you start looking at it in those terms, that helps. If you're struggling with your quality of work life, try to think long term, right? Um, if if you were, you know, I spent 20 years working as a plumber for somebody else before I started our company. The quality at that time wasn't the greatest, but I knew I had aspirations of one day starting our own company. And so what kept me going was I'm, I'm learning. I'm getting paid to learn over these over these years. I wish I could have probably sped it up a little bit, but it is what it is. And so that helps a little bit, right? Um, but, but comparing the quality of work life versus the quality of your personal life, those two are going to intermix greatly. And it's going to help you find that balance a lot better. Yeah. You can't change the past, but you can change the future. Yeah. And if you can change the quality, if you're going to be stuck there for a while or you decide, hey, I'm going to be here for a long time, yep. try to change the future of it. Yeah. Okay? And yeah. if you can't and it's just a dumpster fire, move on. Yeah. You know, I mean, and change the culture there. Or when you go to look for some work somewhere else, find out what their culture is. Hey, yep. they do this. This is what they do. Yeah. Hey, I want to be a part of that. Right. You right. know? Well said, Mitch. Yeah. Wrap well, us up, it man. Was, it was. I just said what you said. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was trying to give him a little bit of credit. It, you're gonna throw your you shoulder were, out, uh, patting yourself on the back like you that. were well spoken. <laughs> you were well spoken. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> well, I uh, I think that about wraps up this show. So, uh, guys, if you uh, saw value in what you listened to today, please do us a favor and help share this show with others that uh, are also wanting to start their own business. Um, we would really, really appreciate it. We put a lot of time, effort, and energy into this show, and you can help repay us simply by sharing this show. So um, if you would do that, we would really appreciate it. Until next time, guys, we will see you later. Love you guys.